Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You've tuned in to America's home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff, as Glenn so beautifully stated there in the program opening. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And, you know, folks, a couple things today, a <clears throat> couple of things today that I want to get to. Um, I want to start with some things happening um, with the Biden administration. I mean, really, the wheels. The wheels have come off on this. In fact, we've got a columnist for the New York Times um, who's basically begging, <laughs> begging Joe Biden to not uh, to to announce now, just to get it out there. I'm not going to be running for president in 2024. So I guess the Democrats have then three years um, so that they can do what they need to do so as to find somebody. I mean, they have a terrible time finding candidates. So I want to talk about this. I want to play some sound bites from Biden. Also, have a special guest on today's program, Jay Height, executive director of Shepherd Community. We'll be hearing from him as well and i'll tell you here off the top of the program gonna mention again the christmas store for shepherd community because the time is running out to participate in this christmas is what the end of next folks we're within just a little over a week from christmas i this is a beautiful time of year you know i don't like the cold although it's been a little bit uh milder here in this part of the country past few days um, so that's that's a I can live with that. But this time of year is just something else. But the Christmas season is upon us. And so if you want to participate in the Christmas store with Shepherd Community, it's really easy to get involved. I mentioned that I'm gonna be there. If you want to go in person, you can't. You can go in person. You can go and drop off your gifts. I will be there personally on Monday. Monday, this coming Monday, December 20th, from noon until 2. I would love to meet you. Even if you're a liberal watching or listening, I should say. Sorry, I do television too. You listen to radio and you watch television. But I would welcome you. Um, even if you disagree, surely, surely to goodness we can find some agreement on um, helping folks in helping kids, not just folks, kids in the central Indiana community through the Christmas store at Shepherd Community. So you can buy a gift and drop it off in person on Monday or sometime next week. You can help wrap gifts. There's all sorts of ways you can be involved. If you want to shop online and have that gift shipped to Shepherd Community, you can go and find their Uh, Christmas lists, I think they've got an Amazon list and different things. You can find out more 
about those sorts of things. If you wanted to say, hey, I like what, what Shepard's doing. I want to be a part of this. I want to send clothes or toys or whatever it is to their Christmas store. Just go to shepherdcommunity.org slash Chris. Uh, why this go away from me here? Slash Christmas. Um, what's the, the end of this URL here? Why is it not there? Christmas Hope. I knew it wasn't store. Christmas Hope. Christmas Hope. See, now you're going to remember it because I paused there for so long. Shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas Hope. And you can find out how to shop. You can ship the gift or you can bring it in person next week. We can meet. I can give you a tour. I can introduce you to Jay. All that kind of stuff. And so this is one of the last few days that you can do that. So please uh, consider doing that. If you feel a tug towards doing that, if you've heard the conversations I've had with Jay, um, they do great stuff, folks. Shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas Hope. So probably mentioned that throughout the program. You'll hear about that here uh, the rest of this week because we only have a few more days for this. And let's make Christmas as good as we can for these Families in need, these kids in need in central Indiana. So let's start here with something I mentioned um, off the top. Now, I found this, I I didn't, excuse me, I found this on Fox News. So Fox News writes an article about a New York Times columnist that's out there begging Biden, begging, pleading with Biden, right? Remember yesterday's program, we went through how quickly um, the Democrat Party went from thinking Andrew Cuomo was should have been their presidential nominee, at least their vice presidential candidate to, to run alongside of Joe Biden. They thought this guy was just awesome. I mean, they were they were hooked on Andrew Cuomo, which is crazy because Cuomo's been around in politics about as long as, not quite as long as Joe Biden, but, you know, we're getting in the same general vicinity. But they were excited. They thought this guy's whipping covid This guy is writing books on how he whipped COVID. President Trump caused all these problems with COVID. This was the narrative. And Andrew Cuomo had to come in and say, no, I care about people, President Trump, and you don't. I'm going to stop COVID in its tracks, and I'm going to write a book about it. And that was, what, a year and a half ago, whatever it was. And since that time, we found out that he actually made the problems of COVID worse. We found out that, um, gee whiz, I mean, the sexual harassment stuff. Um, yesterday we talked about the profits of his book not you know, being ruled by an ethics committee, had to go back to the state because $5.1 million. This isn't chump change. Even for elitist liberals, this isn't chump change. So he's going to have to send this back according to their ruling. I don't know. There's probably going to be lawsuits. Who knows where this thing ends up? But this is, this is what they're saying. This is how quickly they've turned is the point. It's how quickly they've turned. And just a little over a year ago, Joseph Biden. Now, again, I'm going to remain true to what I'm my position all along. People didn't get excited. People never got excited about Biden. Not once. It's always been a reluctant choice. He's always been the choice that says, you know, the choice that people come to when they say we don't have any other choice. We don't have any other options. Right, We can't have a presidential candidate out there who's claiming 
to be Native American when she's clearly not, right? And I can say that as the 13th great-grandson of Pocahontas, proven by genealogy, official spokesperson of the family, never cared once. I'm speaking on behalf of the family. We, we never cared when President Trump called her Pocahontas. That was okay with us because what he was really doing was illustrating the absurdity of the stuff that she was saying and the person she was pretending to be because of identity politics. So you go down the list of people, and there was no choice, and they were never excited about Biden, but they were stuck with him. And so they still thought or had hope or delusional hope, but they had hope that Biden was going to come in and fix all these problems because Trump bad, Biden not Trump, so ergo good, except for that's not necessarily uh, even a logical train of thought, right? I mean, Biden could be bad for different reasons. Even if you think, I'm not suggesting Trump was bad for this country, but even if you think that, it doesn't necessarily mean that Biden's good just because he's different. But that's what people voted for. That's what people voted for. Um, really, they voted against Trump. And now they're already they're already panicked for the next election. We are three years away. Three years away, folks. New York Times is already beg- <laughs> begging Biden here to not run. Columnist's name here is Brett Stevens. I'm going to read a piece of this article. New York Times columnist Brett Stevens on Tuesday implored President Biden, that's begging him, not to seek a re-election in 2024 and announce, not just, not just decide not to run. He wants an announcement. He wants to Biden to announce his intention as soon as possible so potential Democratic contenders could begin making preparations to replace him. That's how that's how terrible the so-called bench is for the Democrat Party. When you're starter, folks, you can use any sports analogy you want here. If you're a football fan and you think, you know, your quarterback, if your starting quarterback is Joseph Biden, how what does the backup quarterback have to look like? I mean, I don't want to mention that, but I remember I remember when the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Curtis Painter, and God bless Curtis Painter and all that, but I remember one series against the Jets. It was one of the first series that I remember him playing, and we literally went backwards. All I think it was all three plays. All three plays, we went backwards, and I remember thinking, we're literally better if we, I say we like I'm part of the team here, but the Colts are literally better. They were literally better if they just would have played defense because they were going in the wrong direction when they when they had the ball. At least on defense, um, they had a chance of a turnover. When we had when we had the ball, when the Colts were on offense, there was not much positive that even could have happened in the wildest imagination of any any human being. And so, if Biden is your starting quarterback, who's who are the other players? Who's who's he handing the ball to? Right, if he is your go-to player, if he's your clutch performer, if you're an NBA fan, if he's your closer, if he's your competitor, if he's your go-to guy, if he's your Kobe Bryant, your Michael Jordan, right? When the I'm not going to say LeBron James because he's not in that category. I'm just going to stick that out there. But if you're going to go out there and put Biden as your starting, I just can't get over thinking about this. Biden starting quarterback. It's so bad, this guy 
uh, this Brett Stevens, columnist, New York Times, is saying, hey, he needs to not only decide not to run, he needs to make an announcement today because we've got to start overturning every rock. We have to look in every crevice. We've got to attend every Antifa meeting. We've got to go in every, uh, you know, NEA meeting. We've got to go to all these radical teachers who are out there, you know, whatever they're out there saying today. I talked to Matt Lamb of the College Fix um, for our television show today. So I've got that on my mind, some of the crazy stuff that radical leftists are implementing or trying to implement the way that they talk about. We talked about one professor, a professor who literally talked about gassing and bombing. I, I think it was bombing um, white, stu- <laughs> white students on campus, right? They got to look. They've got to look through these folks and find someone who's qualified to be a candidate. And that's, I'm mentioning these uh, sorts of radicals because that is their field. Where are they going to look, folks? Where are they going to look? Today's Democrat Party is being overrun by the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's being overrun by the likes of Ilan Omar. It's being overrun by the, ty- by the Cory Bush types of the world. By Nancy Pelosi, and the Speaker of the House, Rashida Tlaib, radicals. Where are they going to go? Who are they going to find? We've already we just went through this process, a, what a couple of years ago, and the best they could find was Biden. Who else is out there? Is this is this a little, uh, a, you know, like a hail mary? In football, where they're they're hoping that Michelle Obama is going to enter the field or Oprah. Winfrey, who else is out there, my friends? Who else are they going to bring as their candidate for president of the United States? See, the truth is, based upon what the Democrats believe today, the sorts of candidates that I mentioned, just the types of radicals, that is who who remains in uh, positions of power and leadership within the party. This is who they have to choose from. And I guess he's admitting here that they're going to need three years just to find somebody who may be halfway likable. They know it's not – this is, by the way, another indication that it's not Kamala Harris. It's not Pete Boot Edge Edge, right, who's the guy. I mean, these folks are all – they have their fingerprints on this unmitigated disaster that we call the Biden administration. Every one of these jokers. They all jumped in, you know, like I'm talking about Kamala. I'm talk- they're either in like positions of power in the Senate, like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, or uh, they're in the Biden administration, like Kamala Harris, like Pete, Pete Boot, Edge, Edge. I mean, where do they go? The only Democrat that was on that stage that has, talking about the presidential debate stage for the Democrats, when they didn't even give their own candidates equal time, but yet they can somehow make life totally equal for Americans if you just elect them and give them money to run campaigns and so forth. That's what they want you to believe. They can't even get their own candidate, their own candidates remotely the close, uh, closely the same amount of time on stage. But the only person that had anything that resembled a brain on that stage was Tulsi Gabbard. And the thing she's been saying and the way she's been coming out against some of these radical policies and some of the things Biden's been doing, that's not going to fly. They're going to need 30 years to find a good candidate. I mean, they they may be able to search the world over a million times 
and not find one semi-qualified candidate. New York Times, begging, please. The headline of this piece was Biden should not run again, and he should say he won't. <laughs> I would love that, by the way. If, if, he, if he does this, which I'm not predicting. In fact, the White House has said he's planning on running, I believe, in 2024. Biden may Biden that means that the the strategists have Biden doesn't know what's what's he's gonna do uh, but apparently Jen Psaki does and the strategists know but I would love to hear them come out and announce this this would be right up my alley hey folks we're a year into my administration things suck so badly that I am not gonna run again I clearly don't know what I'm doing um, as president of the United States um, we still got people stuck in Afghanistan. Not really sure how many are there. Um, I only care when people ask me questions and I've got to defend it. Um, inflation is terrible. It's even worse than we thought it was. We're taking drastic actions to combat that. You know, consumer confidence is down. You may have to wait till July for your Christmas. In fact, you might start to need to order Christmas gifts for 2022 now, a full year away. You might need to place those orders. Um, and cross your fingers that they'll even arrive. The price of gas, which we can celebrate when it comes down two cents at a time or whatever it is. I mean, it's an unmitigated disaster. It is all caused by the Democrat Party. And it's so bad that they're even out there openly saying, please tell us you're not going to run, announce it today, and then we've got to get to the we, the Democrat Party. This is what they would, this is what they're basically begging. They're begging Biden. Tell us. Tell us you're quitting so we can search high and low for somebody. There's got to be somebody out there, somebody out there that we could throw our support behind because it's clearly not you, President Joseph R. Biden. Gee, what a mess. What an unmitigated disaster. And it is 100% self-inflicted, folks. Quick timeout. You're listening here to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. friends so you know biden's out there i was talking to oz behind the scenes i said did you hear that stupid thing biden said and she said which stupid thing they're all they're all stupid i'm like well that's that's a good point that's a good point i mean one of the things biden uh did i think this more well yesterday morning i should say biden this is a tweet from townhall.com. Biden laughs off a question about his responsibility for coronavirus deaths and the origins of the virus. Reporter uh, yells out to Biden this question. The question is, where's the question? There it is. 800,000 coronavirus deaths. Do you have a statement on your responsibility? And why haven't you asked China to do more to be transparent on the origins all biden does is smile i would even say kind of chuckle there's not much of an audible sound but he smiles you can tell he kind of laughs in a way and then walks walks away same president who said this this is something that was tweeted by uh, rnc research this was biden back you know back in the campaign back when biden had no power but he had all sorts of accusations and things he could throw at President Trump because it's a heck of a lot easier to castigate and to cast blame on someone than it is to actually do something when you're in power. 
Remember these things. Now, I think it's ridiculous that Biden said this. I don't even hold Biden to the same standard. However, if Biden is going to hold Trump to this standard that I'm going to play here for you really quickly, then shouldn't we in turn, if Biden's president, hold him to the standard that he set for the previous president? That seems logical to me. Here he is on the debate stage. I think it's the debate. No, this is not the debate stage. This is one of those goofy town hall meetings where there's like nine people. They they spread them out for with social distancing, but the truth is they only can find nine people that want to attend Biden's stupid town hall. So here is his response back in October before the election of 2020, right? Back when he couldn't do anything besides just point the finger and say Trump's killing people and so forth. Here's what he said back then. I would call all the governors to the White House. Some probably wouldn't come. Yeah, I don't And I'd call the governors and I'd say to the mayors as well as the county executives, take responsibility. Take responsibility and lay out the guidelines. Look, Mm -hmm. folks, one of the problems is this president said, I take no responsibility. Literally, it's not my responsibility. Well, if it's not his responsibility, he talked about this being like a time of war. We are under attack, as I said earlier. 200,000 plus have died, 50,000 a day are getting the virus, 1,000 a day thereabouts are dying. This is a national emergency. And so the president should take responsibility and the federal government has an obligation to lay out basic guidelines and the science matters. Listen to the scientists. Mm-hmm. So what changed? What changed? What was, where's your answer to that question? Do you take responsibility? Again, I think this is at some level absurd. Unless you do something like Cuomo, right? And there's a direct cause and effect relationship between something that you did, a policy you implemented, and then something bad happening with the transmission of of COVID and so forth. Um, But the the idea that we were going to stop a microscopic virus that literally has been everywhere on this planet at this particular point in time, um, to blame it on a president is just that's that's just wanting to make something political or being incredibly naive. Again, I'm not saying that none of these decisions matter. I'm not saying that, but the idea that President Trump is solely responsible for all of this is just silly. How did it get to other countries? Is Trump responsible for that as well? I'm sure there's some folks who say yes to that. But I even though that's what I think, and I think that that's clearly true that's clearly the case um if biden thinks that trump should have been personally responsible for coronavirus when he was president then it stands to reason likewise that biden should think he should be held responsible of course this is just not the way that politicians look at it but shouldn't he hold himself responsible when he's president seems to me that that would be the logical thing to do but then again when's the last time you saw a leftist do something logical I don't even know if I could answer that. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Short segment here as we have an interview with Jay Hyde of Shepherd Community next segment. Um, but I want to really quickly, really quickly play this soundbite talking about Vi- uh, Biden 
and just the the mess. The, it's these sorts of things that lead liberal <laughs> columnists at the New York Times to say, "Please tell us you're not running immediately, so we can go search the earth for your replacement," because we don't even have anybody on the metaphorical bench to put in um, in your place to run in 2024. Now, I want to I want to say that they can, I mean, not not based upon their ideas, but they can find a candidate that's, I mean, in some sense, uh, they could close their eyes, spin in a circle, walk down the street and find somebody that's going to be a more appealing candidate than Joe uh, Biden. But be that as it may, um, the guy's got, uh, the realities are they've got tons of problems and they know it. There's no more hiding it. Some of the, uh, the folks who just wanted to see Trump gone, that kind of euphoria of Trump leaving the White House has burnt off, and now they're stuck here with the realization that Biden is their guy, and he's not leading them anywhere. He's making, he's leading them to disaster is what he's doing. Of course, it's also their ideas, but that's, that's not how they think about it. They just got to find better messaging and a better, more appealing candidate, which – Ironically, a more appealing candidate would have better ideas, which they don't have, but let's not get into that discussion for the time being. But here's Biden. This is Biden um, talking, just demonstrating a complete misunderstanding of even something as basic as what it means to be free. So I want you to listen to this. This is him talking about vaccine mandates. Listen to this. I just It's just crazy, the, the conclusions and the things that this guy says. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? That's, what about is that, that? What science says, Joe? What's the big deal? It's the big deal. What's the big deal? He doesn't understand what the big deal is to not have freedom to decide if you're going to get injected with something that you don't want or have a moral or religious objection to what's the big deal it's just it's just a shot right i mean this what's so crazy to me is that the people who are telling us that trump was taking steps to make america fascist or uh, to usher in bigger more intrusive more dangerous government i mean this is the kind of talk that leads to that it's just your freedom what's the big deal insane is what this is now i'm taking a quick time out because i want to uh, i have a conversation that i want to uh, share with you that i had with jay height of shepherd community and given that we've just got a few days left here for um for folks to get involved with their christmas store i want to make sure that you uh, that, that you hear this conversation that you hear some of the things going on with shepherd and we'll do that when we get back from the break my friends sit tight Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. It's always a pleasure to have our next guest on this program. He's the executive director of Shepherd Community Center. He's a friend of mine. He does great work. Shepherd's a wonderful place. Jay Height, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Doing great. How about you, Todd? Oh, it's always a... Uh, it's a pleasure to, to speak with you. It's a great time of year, and it's an uh, exciting time. So I, um, I'm always honored to have you on this 
on this program. So we've been talking about on the radio show, on the podcast um, for a while now, the 10 assets to breaking the cycle of poverty. I love that you guys have identified the uh, these and that we've gone through these and explained those and folks can listen to those um, other episodes of the other nine as we're about to get into number 10 here. Um, but let's talk about the 10th asset for breaking the cycle of poverty. And what is that? It's income. It's income. Yeah. And, and I, the solution is not money, but it is part of the equation. Now, uh, I think welfare should be a temporary solution. I don't think it should be abolished, but I think it should be temporary. And so the, always the question is, how does that facilitate people moving to being able to provide for themselves? Uh, the real tragedy, Todd, is that that many times when people try to improve their situation, they get punished by the system. That's right. Uh, there's a thing called the welfare cliff. And so if I take a job, I lose everything. And there's no, uh, you know, if I make this much, they'll supplement this. And, and I think we have to understand that, one, we're made to work. And uh, not ever, there are some who have, because of difficulties, health and mental issues, are not able to. And it's, it's our responsibility to care for them. But for those who can, we need to help them work uh, so they can answer their purpose. And then we've got to help them in this pipeline, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they talk about uh, A, B, C, A job, B, better job, C, career. So what we do is we say we want to help you move along in that. And we may supplement as you go through this process to get you in motion uh, because we, do, we all need income. To pay the bills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we want to help them be able to do that, and and to help them understand and how to properly view money, and 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 to help prepare that. You know, there are some people who are very wealthy who don't know how to handle money. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's just not a poor thing. It's it's every part of society has some challenge with how to handle money, and so we want to help our neighbors. Uh, have the right income and be able to position themselves for uh, success in this process. Well, you said a couple of things that triggered some thoughts. One, um, you're exactly right. We have a responsibility to help those that truly cannot help themselves. That is, that is a group of people that always has existed, but it's the exception to the rule, not the rule. In fact, the Bible says, as you all know, that, um, if you don't work, you don't eat. It doesn't say if you can't work, you don't eat. And that's I think that's an important distinction. Number two, I think it's fascinating that you guys, Shepard, uh, your, your 10 assets, you put this one number 10, right? I mean, it, it, that speaks volumes to me because in the rest of the world, Jay, they think that's crazy. They think that's a little cray-cray. You, that needs to be number one. This is all a financial um problem in their mind this is simply an issue of getting people money who need it but you say there's a heck of a lot more to it than that right right we have to prepare them for success and so we have to prepare them for income we have to get these other assets built into their life and then help them use the utilize the the resources to uh to the greatest return on that investment um but money doesn't change anything just giving someone a home doesn't necessarily prepare them for home ownership. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and nor does just giving someone money. Well, and I'm, I'm, that's, I think, pretty profound in today's, in today's world because, you know, when you look at a problem, when society or the government looks at a problem, they say these folks don't have money, let's just throw money at it. But I think to your point, there's been a lot of things money has been thrown at. I think about the war on poverty, for example, and the amount of money um, that's been thrown and pretty much the, the steady line we've, we've dealt with over time as far as poverty rates and so forth. But um, I'm also reminded of a personal experience as I'm talking with you about this. When I was, and I want your thoughts on this and you to elaborate, but when I was a young man, 21 years old, I spent a semester at American University in Washington, D.C., and I was at a church called Temple Baptist Church, and we used to go and feed the homeless in front of, well, at Lafayette Park, directly in front of the White House. And I remember the pastor and his wife both telling me, they would say, don't give the homeless people on the street who come up to you money. And it really, Jay, it offended me. I was a young kid. I didn't understand a lot, right, at the time. I thought, how can you be so heartless? But they were actually being very considerate and compassionate as I've grown to understand what they were doing because that money oftentimes would be used for drugs or alcohol or what have you. Uh, instead, they said offer to take them to buy a sandwich or some such thing. I mean, there's some truth in that, right? I mean, what, what do you what do you think about that? Well, my parents didn't let me drive a car, so I went to driving school. Good idea. And and uh, and even then, my mom didn't want to ride with me. <laughs> That's true. And that was probably a good idea too. Uh, you, we have to prepare people for success, and so. Um, you know, I think we need to teach every student, whether they're upper class, middle class, or in poverty, how to use money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that should be a part of our preparation. Again, I've met very wealthy people who are very are stuck in poverty uh, because they don't know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, giving something to someone makes us feel good, but doesn't necessarily help them. That's right. And, and we want to be about helping them. And sometimes, that's, as a parent, I wouldn't give my kid everything they wanted. You know, at Christmas right. time, yeah. they're watching TV, and every commercial, that's what they wanted. <laughs> and so, but I, I can't give that to them, uh, because then they don't understand how uh, to appreciate that, and, and they're sure not going to play with all, all of them. So mm-hmm. we want to we want to help prepare them for what it is because we have a different perspective. Um, for just because someone's homeless doesn't mean they're, uh, you know, there's so much, many degrees of people in homelessness and, and we, we want to understand that. But there are some who, yeah, if you gave them resources, they're probably going to hurt themselves even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I always like the idea of saying, if you really want to help, hey, let's go have lunch. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for it, you know, uh, but the people stand alongside the road at the stoplight, I, I, that's not, you're not helping them by giving them a pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not helping them because we don't know who they are. And, and Christ didn't call us to help randomly. He called us to connect to people and help in relationship. Mm. And that's, that's a very key different uh, difference from what you do and what I see in other programs and, of course, through the government. By the way, 
I'm a grown man and I'm still sure, uh, still not sure my mom wants to ride in a car with me. So I can relate, I can relate to yeah. you on that. Um, but you hit on something that reminded me, and I don't have the stats in front of me because I didn't obviously expect to have this thought, but um, they've done research on folks that have won the lottery. And it's remarkable the number of people, to your point about money, right? People who right. win large sums of money who within a couple of years have lost all the money and they're in debt, right. like 10% of their earnings or some such thing. Um, so there's more to it than just the amount of money somebody has. That's correct. That's yes. I see those same studies. Uh, money doesn't solve anything, but it's a tool to be used. That's right. And we have to, tr- we have to train people on how to use it. So we've, we've given people all sorts of ways to get involved with Shepherd, And I'm going to say this, you don't have to. One of the ways that people can help we've number 10 is, is the issue of money of, of, of getting funds are necessary. Funds are necessary to run the programs that you're doing to, um, to make sure that people can eat, to make sure that you have um, a paramedic and your uh, law enforcement support team and all the support staff and all the things that happen there at Shepherd. So if someone specifically wants to give today, Jay, what would you tell them to do or how would they go about doing that? Well, I think they can go online to shepherdcommunity.org. There's a donate button and they can pick ways that they can give. Uh, they can donate stock. They can, uh, you know, donate stuff. They, they Maybe they say, we want to help go buy food for your pantry or uh, they could donate money towards certain programs. Um, and, and you know, there's a lot of great organizations. Shepherd is one of them. Um, and, and we're all trying to be faithful and good stewards of whatever anyone invests in that. And so that's what our commitment is. We'll be a good steward uh, and invest it in the lives of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Well, I have no doubt of that. You have earned both my respect and my trust. And I think that, uh, again, the work that you do, the work that Shepard does, the people that are involved with, with you and your organization, top notch. And I, I commend you and I appreciate what you do. And, um, folks, if you're listening and, and fill a tug on your heart to give, um, I just, uh, respond to that. Um, what Jay does, what Shepard does is good work. And, um, I hope you know that I sincerely mean that. Jay, it's always a pleasure to have you on this program, sir. Appreciate it. And folks, with that being said, we're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So appreciate Jay. Appreciate Shepherd Community Center. Folks, they do wonderful things. It's a great organization. Um, I've gotten to know lots of folks over there. Top Notch Christmas Store is now open, right? I mean, they're looking for people to help with that. If you're looking for a, I don't know, just a short-term way just to kind of feel it out and to see um, if it's a good fit, if you like the folks over there and all this kind of stuff, just you just want to dip your toe in the water, it's a great way. Or if you just want to provide gifts for someone uh, in need, if, if you say, hey, I, I, I hear the need, I want to meet it, I've been blessed, 
Go to shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas Hope. Or, folks, we will be there. Oz will be there, too. Forget the fact that I'll be there. Oz will be there. Noon to 2 next Monday at Shepherd Community on the east side, December 20th. Got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.